Here's the question today. Is Jesus Christ first place in uh, your heart? Right. Uh, that video there uh, speaks to uh, this reality. Right. John Piper, the guy that, uh, you know, that we heard speaking there, he shared that quote from that uh, Dutch theologian, um, Abraham Kuyper. Right. Uh, there is no square inch on earth that uh, uh, God does not declare mine. Right. He is sovereign and supreme over all of it. Right. He is Lord. He's Lord. Um, but the question is, is he your Lord? Is he yours? Have you given him right uh, uh, the title of Lord of your own life? He's Lord, you know, whether those choose to believe in him or not. Right. But the question is, have you given him the title of Lord of your own heart and life? If you've got a Bible, turn with me to Colossians chapter one. We're continuing our series second week. Uh, of our series through the book of Colossians called Jesus Over Everything. Walking through Paul's letter to the church at Colossae, looking to encourage, to strengthen. And this morning we're going to be in verses 15 through 23, really looking at perhaps, well, you know, a couple of the passages, a couple of different things. Number one, it's many would say the first hymn of uh, the New Testament scriptures that we see. Uh, but secondly, right, we see within uh, these several verses a uh, great um, a doctrine of Christ, great Christology, what we can believe about uh, who Jesus Christ is. As you may know, right, there's folks that have differing views and opinions on Jesus. Uh, you know, some folks think that Jesus is, you know, one of many gods, Right. Uh, there's some that believe that, uh, uh, you know, and treat Jesus as if, you know, he's uh, one of the menu items at a buffet line. Right. I grew up loving buffets. Right. Some of those old buffets. You know, Ryan's was a big one back in Texas. You know, Golden Corral, some of those love all those. But some folks view Jesus as, hey, oh, man, hey, he's, he's the jello, you know, from the buffet line there. Uh, amongst all the other things that we grab from him, some view Jesus as simply just a good teacher or a man. Some view Jesus as, you know, hey, somebody that we represent with the peace that we wear uh, around our neck. Here's the question. Who is Jesus to you? Can I go ahead and tell you who he ought to be is what we're going to get ready to read here in Colossians chapter one. We ought to view Jesus in this way uh, and he ought to be first place of our life. And so verse 15 of Colossians chapter one, if you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. If uh, you uh, don't have a word with you, it's all good. We've got the verses on the screen there. You can follow along. But this is what Paul uh, writes here. The word of the Lord about this Christ. Look what he says. He says this. He talking about Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Right. Image there speaks to this thought that Jesus uh, is God's ultimate revelation, right? Speaking to his deity, but also uh, Jesus as God's personal representation, right? Speaking to humanity. He's 100 percent God and man. Uh, and we'll talk more about that here in a second. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. What he's saying there is this. He's not talking about Jesus literally being created. There's some folks that uh, believed and used this uh, part of verse 15 to speak to Jesus being created. No, he's the uncreated one, right? What it's speaking to here is his supremacy uh, and primacy, right? Him being, hey, above all, above all. He is supreme, supreme. Verse 16, for by 
him. All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head. We'll talk about more about that in a second, right? But he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent or first. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. This is who Jesus is. In verses 21 through 20, this ought to be our response to that reality. Verse 21, and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, hallelujah, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you've heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, became a minister. I've entitled the sermon simply this first place, first place. Why don't we pray together? God, we love you. God, I I pray this morning, Lord. God, regardless of how we feel, regardless of what culture may say, regardless of what may be comfortable, Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts to see this reality, Lord, that you are preeminent, supreme. And God, I pray that that would move us to respond in choosing to put you first in our lives, God. God, I pray, Lord, God, even as I'm here convicted about this truth, Lord, I I pray that, God, we would not be a people that simply see you as just one of our side pieces or one of our side dishes. Lord, but you'd be the whole course. You would be everything to us. And through our relationship with you, Lord, God, we would look to live. And in a way that honors and glorifies you, Lord. God, help us, Lord, teach us what it looks like, God, to put you first. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. First place. Is Jesus Christ first place? You may ask, hey, Pastor Irv, how do we know, right, whether or not Jesus is first in our heart and life? What does that look like for us? Well, I'll go ahead and tell you, man. Hey, what what's the focal point of, of your conversations with people? Hey, you know, what what do you start out with in the morning? And again, I share this, man, just diving right in because, man, it's a convicting word for me. Convicted word for me. I, you know, I love, man, you know, talking even with some some of us in here, man, about, you know, sports. You know, uh, I don't really love talking about the weather. I don't really talk about it much. But that's a topic that a lot of us like to talk about. Right? You know, a lot of us, they talk about your families. Those are all great things. But but do, the, do, do those things dominate our conversation to a point where, hey, Jesus is just, hey, on the side. Oh, yeah, hey, how's your walk with God doing? Oh, it's, oh, it's good, man. Man, is he first place? Is he first place? 
And we can determine if he's first place based on our conversations with people, what we talk about. Hey, what we listen to. Hey, you know what? What is first? What we do first? Are, are we spending time with God? Man, is that the first thing we do in the morning? Hey, are we thinking about him? Is that the last thing we do at night? Listen, is Jesus Christ first place? He's first place. And Paul here, what he's trying to get for the Colossian church is for them to understand that he is that. And y'all ought to make him that in your life. Again, speaking of the context here, right? There's some false teachers coming in saying, hey, Jesus, right, is just a, a side dish, right, to some of these other, you know, some of this other ritual and religion, right, that uh, that you ought to follow in order for you to be that person that's a little more holy than the rest, right? These people called the Gnostics believed, as we talked about last week, that, hey, you got to follow, man, a little bit of Jewish, some of these legalistic Jewish tendencies, followed by some of these Eastern, you know, mystic ideas and Jesus. And man, actually, you're closer to Jesus if you do that. And what Paul said, no, 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 it's not about any of that, man. It's just about Jesus, just about Jesus and following him. And here's the reason why we ought to follow him, man, because he is first. He's first. That word preeminent, right? The crux of the whole passage, right? The the word in the original language literally means to hold first position with the implication of having the predominant and superior place. And so does he have that in your heart and life? Listen, we ought to choose to put Jesus Christ first, man, because, man, that's his rightful place. It's the rightful place. And so you may ask, Pastor Irv, hey, how do we know that it's his rightful place? Well, I'm glad you asked. We see Paul lay out here, right, three There's many reasons why, but we see him lay out three reasons here in Colossians 1 as to why, right, he is first place. It ought to be first place in our heart and life. The first reason, right, we see is this, man, he ought to be first place because he reigns supreme over creation. He reigns supreme over creation. Go back to the text. Look what it says. It says he is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. Hey, for by him. All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Hey, listen, Jesus reigns supreme over creation. He is the uncreated one, like I mentioned earlier. Hey, he was there at creation when God, hey, when, when they spoke things and they came to being. Man, he, hey, he did it. He did it. He is the creator and he reigns supreme over creation. That's why he ought to be first place in our heart and life. Right. We see Paul discuss the reality of Jesus Christ in creation. Man, number one, he calls him the author of creation, the author of creation. Man, Jesus. Right. It proves that he is God because, man, he is the author of creation. Man, for by him and for him, all things Exist, man. He wasn't just hey some created man, man. Hey, he is the author of creation. Hey, here's some scripture here that you could use, right, to back up that claim. John one, John chapter one, verses one through three. Look what it says. It says this: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Hey, John, the Word. There's talking about Jesus, by the way. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. 
Man, he's the author of creation. First Corinthians eight, six. Yet for us, there is one God, the father from whom all things and for whom all things exist. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. Man, Jesus is the author of creation. Man, that's why we ought to put him first. He's the author of creation. But secondly, we see here Paul talk about, right? He's not just the author of creation. He's the sustainer of it. He's a sustainer of it. It says, man, hey, he holds everything together. I heard it said, my youth pastor said it, man, a while back. I've held on to it, man. It's you know, way back, man. I remember him saying this, and, and I, I've held on to it ever since. He, he said it like this. Hey, if Jesus stopped thinking about you for just a second, hey, you would cease to exist. Hey, he holds all things together. He's the sustainer of creation, the sustainer of life, the word says. What that means is this, hey, he is active, man, in creation. Aren't you glad that, man, hey, Jesus didn't just create the world and just remove himself from it. He is active. He is active and currently working, right, in creation, man, sovereign over it. And he's at work, man, even right now. He's the sustainer of creation, man. There are many other religions, right? And, and again, I'm not here to try and, you know, bash other religions, right, besides the fact that, man, hey, they, not right, right, you know. Uh, you know, Jesus is the way. That's neither here nor there. But that reality, you know, there's other religions that, that believe, man, that, hey, God is, is removed from the world that he created, man. But, man, we see here, man, hey, Jesus, man, through his spirit, man, he's actively working and moving. He is near to us. His eminence. We've talked about that before. man. And he is the sustainer of creation. He's actively moving and working. Acts 17, 24 through 28. Look what it says. Right. Paul, man, sharing uh, uh, in a region here with folks, you know, Greek folks, man, that were far from God. Look what he says. It says this, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands. As though he needed anything, which, hey, that's still true, by the way. God doesn't need you or I, man, but he allows us to be a part of his work. I figured I'd throw that in free of charge, Brother Greg. I got to it. I lost my pot. I got a little fired up there. <laughs> Since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath in everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each of us. For, verse 28, in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your poets have said, for we indeed are his offspring. Listen, Jesus is the sustainer of creation because he reigns supreme right over creation, man. Hey, he ought to be first place in your life and in my life, man. He reigns supreme over creation. But secondly, here we see reason why he ought to be first place, man, is because he reigns supreme in the church, reigns supreme in the church. Verse 18 tells us that, man, he is the head of the body. He's the head of the body, man. He is in charge right 
And what's interesting is, it's interesting how Paul works through it here. He says, number one, that Jesus reigns supreme, man, he's over creation, right? Natural creation. And then he shifts to, right, the context of the church and says, hey, not only is he supreme over natural creation, he's supreme over, hey, the new creation, the church. He's in charge over the church. He's the boss, right? And, and he leads, the movement of the church. And, and again, I'm not talking about just, you know, simple, uh, you know, the little C church. Obviously, he's at work in the life of the little C church, denomination, you know, the denominational church. But talking about the big C church, man. Hey, the body of believers, man. He is the head. He is in control. He is the boss. He's the boss. He's the chief cornerstone. Hey, listen, he ought to be the subject and the predicate of the church. He ought to be the whole thing. And he is supreme over the church. He's the boss. What that means is this, man. Number one, we understand that he is the source of it. He's the source of it. Hey, Jesus is the source of us, man, continuing to grow in him, in our relationship with him. Hey, he is the source of, man, the life change that comes, right? From being a part of the church. It's not our own ingenuity. It's not our own skill and ability. Man, it's him. He's the source of it. And so, man, our response ought to be to lean in to him. Individually, yes. But also, man, hey, corporately as a people. Lean into him. Worship him. Lift his name up. And by the way, that's what what we're going to do here. Lift his name up. And worship and in the word, man. Because he is the source. It's not a cool light show. Right. Hey, it's not having, you know, the, the, the greatest and the best. No, no, it's him. It's him. He's the source. And so, man, we ought to choose to lift him up in Christ. We grow and mature in Christ. Man, he helps us to press on to him because he is the head of the body, man. He is the source of growth and maturity in the church. But also, secondly, hey, we see that he is sovereign over the church. Man, go back to the text. I know we're flying through it here, but go back to the text. He says here, man, head of the body of the church, he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, in that everything he might be preeminent. Right? Firstborn from the dead is speaking to his uh, resurrection. Man, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, right? Man, hey, that makes him first. Makes him first. And because he rose from the dead, he is sovereign over the church. And so we, man, as his children, man, are ultimately called to surrender to him. All hail King Jesus. He's sovereign over the church. Uh, you know, I heard a story one time about, uh, you know, a deacon, you know, at a, at a local church, right, having a conversation with, uh, you know, uh, another, you know, another pastor. I think they were at some kind of event or something. And the pastor sharing about, you know, some of the changes that have been made, how God had been working and moving in their life. Right. And the deacon's simple response was this. Oh, well, that wouldn't happen at, at my church. That wouldn't happen at my church. Wouldn't let that happen. Brother Dwayne, he was indicating that, man, hey, it was he and some of those faithful folks. It was actually their, their church. You know, and, and, and I know folks say, hey, you know, hey, you know, my church, you know, I mean, yeah, you mean that as a term of endearment, man, you're invested and plugged in. But but can I just be honest, just in case you may have it twisted a little bit. Hey, this isn't my church. This isn't your church. It, it's Jesus's church. It's his church. He's sovereign over the church, man. He is. In, hey, he is in control. He's the boss. And so, by the way, hey, 
whenever, man, we feel led as a, you know, Living Hope Church in large, right? As we meet and gather, you know, you know how we roll. We got our trustee body and then our pastors meet together, right? We seek God, man, in his direction, you know, and, and obviously myself, Pastor Greg, we seek God in his direction about, you know, movement here uh, at Tyler Town. Man, hey, as God guides us and leads us, hey, man, we follow him, follow him. Now, hey, I mean, love, you know, those that have known me for a while, know Pastor Greg for a while. Listen, man, love hearing, you know, thoughts, man, comments, you know, you, you may have. Right. Man, we're open to that, man, because, hey, just as we have the Holy Spirit, man, you've got it, too. But listen, at the end of the day, we're going to follow God. We're going to follow him because it's his church and we're going to let him lead our life and lead, man, us in the direction of the church. Because, man, he is sovereign over it. And so what that means for us, man, is answering this call to walk in obedience to him. And so the question is this, man, how are you walking in obedience personally to him? How are you walking in obedience in these days, in the life of, man, where you're currently living, you and family? As you walk with God, man, he might be convicting you of some things, man, that you need to shift and switch up. Man, have you responded in obedience to him? Within the life of the church, how are you walking in obedience? Man, some of you, hey, been here a little while. You know, but 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 you're kind of just kind of just here, which I'm glad that you're here, man. Bless God. Hey, say hi to you afterwards, man. We can eat a donut, man, after the service. Hang out. But but listen, man, God calls for us to be more. He calls for us to jump in and, and, and serve, man. He calls for us to, to invest, man, give financially, but also our time. Man, he calls for us to invite folks to come to know him. Have you responded in obedience to that? What does that look like in your life? Say, Pastor Irv, man, hey, I, I don't I don't have much to give. I don't have much time. I, you know, I don't have many people to talk to. Hey, there was a person in the Bible, man, in the Gospels that we read about that, hey, didn't have much either. But gave it to the Lord. And and we saw God do a work there. Hey, start somewhere. Start somewhere. And what God has given, hey, choose, man, to start somewhere. Give, man, serve. Invite. Hey, listen, man, we ought to respond, man, because he is sovereign over the church. Look what he says in Luke 6, 46 through 49. Here. This tough word. This is Jesus talking. He says, hey, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Man, so easy to say, hey, oh, yeah, hey, Jesus is my Lord, man. Hey, he's, he's my bro, my homie. Hey, wh- why are you calling him that if you aren't going to obey him? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream broke against the house, it could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of the house was great. Man, uses this parable this illustration to speak to man the call to walk in obedience which by the way i'll throw this in free of charge man it's not a part of the message but i'll go ahead and say it anyway hey whenever you choose to walk in obedience like it says there hey you're building your life on right this firm foundation the rock 
Hey, so that when the storm times do come. Hey, you're secure. Because you're on the rock. And you're able to walk in him. Regardless of what's going on. Hey, Job did that. Yeah, he struggled at times, but man, he did that. And the call for us is to do the same. Hey, because Jesus, man, is sovereign over the church, because he's in charge, man, we ought to choose to follow him in obedience. Then thirdly and lastly, and then I'm, hey, and then I'm done. I'm done. Hey, third reason why, man, we ought to choose to put Jesus first is, man, because he is supreme through the cross. Supreme through the cross. Look look back at the text there. Look what it says. After verse 18, verse 19. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Obviously, that has uh, an eschatological slant. One day he will, man. Hey, reconcile all things uh, to himself, right? Uh, He will restore all things. But, man, in the context here, too, he's talking about those in Colossae, man, that knew knew Christ, right? Jesus, hey, him being supreme over, man, all of creation, him being supreme over the church, hey, he chose, right, to take on flesh. Remember, the uncreated one. He wasn't created, right? He was born of a virgin, the Bible says, He chose to take on flesh and dwell among us, man. Hey, to make a way for us to be brought back to a relationship with God through the cross, through the cross. And so, listen, Jesus is supreme through the cross. How is he supreme through the cross? Man, he is our rescuer through the cross. Man, he reconciled us, brought us back. Right. Reconcile means to bring back, to bring back. He brought us back into a relationship with God. Hey, this relationship that seems severed. Man, hey. He res- rescued us. Man, he brought us back to him. And we ought to rejoice because of that. Look at what Galatians 1, 3 through 5 says. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. To deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of God and of our God and father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Man, Jesus is our rescuer through the cross. Doesn't matter if you've been in church your whole life. Doesn't matter if hey you just started going to church and you received Christ Jesus. Lord. Hey, he rescued both groups of people that chose to turn and trust in him. And so we ought to choose to rejoice because of that. Hey, I, like I say often, man, because I, I fall victim of this. It's so easy to forget that he's done that. He's rescued us. So easy to, you know, make this, this thought of the gospel, right? Just, you know, some tale that we heard long, long ago. Man, we know that we're right with God. We're going to be in heaven one day. But it's so easy to forget, man, how we got to being right with God. We didn't do it on our own. Man, hey, he, he made a way when there was no way. Man, that ought to stir our affections for him more deeply to worship him. Man, Jesus is our rescuer through the cross. And then secondly, man, hey, he's supreme through the cross. How? Because, man, Jesus is our restorer through the cross. Man, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Man, part of this implication in him reconciling us to himself is this. Hey, He has restored, man, the peace 
that we can now have with God again. Man, we were enemies of him, the Bible says, but now we're at peace with him. As that old song goes, man, it's nice to be at peace with you. Thankful that we're at peace with him. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, since we've been justified or made right by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access. Man, hallelujah, we have access. Hey, can go to God anytime. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Right. We don't need any kind of Wi-Fi code. Don't need any kind of a hidden password. We can go to him anytime we want. Through him, we have also obtained access through by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Man, we are restored to new life again. We have been restored. Right to living the way that we were created to live in the first place in communion with the God of the universe, at peace with him, peace with him, man. And I'm glad I'm on his side. Hey, in Christ, man, hey, it doesn't matter what's going on in our life. We can lay our head on a pillow at night, man, at peace. Because, man, our, hey, our past has been forgiven. Man, our, hey, our present man is taken care of in him and our future is secured. Man, because, man, we're at peace with him. And so, man, hallelujah. Hey, because of that, man, because he's supreme through the cross. But, hey, man, let's choose to put him first. Choose to put him first. Our response ought to be to choose to put him first. Man, hey, family's awesome. Family's awesome. But it's going to be tough, man, hey, to live the way God has created to live, man, loving your family. Well, if God isn't first, Christ isn't first in your life. Hey, listen, sports are awesome. But one day, and I'm experiencing it right now, man, hey, one day, I ain't going to be able to run around and play basketball much anymore, you know, be able to watch it maybe. But one day, hey, not going to be able to do that anymore. Life is great, man, but hey, man, Jesus ought to be first and ought to be the, hey, he ought to be the lens in which we choose, man, to live our life through. Let him be first i'll wrap up with uh, this throughout history right ancient greek philosophers right aristotle being the uh, main one right uh, believed that uh, uh, the universe revolved around the earth right that was Heavily thought about, right, and believed for thousands of, of years, man, that the earth was the center of the universe. Um, and folks held to that until around the 16th century, right, better known as the scientific uh, revolution, right? Uh, There's a guy, you know, I'll call him Professor C. Man, I'm a butcher's name. It's like Copernicus or something. I don't even know. I butchered it right there. I don't even... <laughs> Professor C. Right that. Man, believe this theory, right, uh, and, and that actually the earth in the center of the universe, the, the earth is a planet like the rest, and it revolves around something. The earth is actually moving. But he was too afraid to share it, you know, share his theory because he was in the minority, so he waited 30 years until he shared it right before he died. And, and you know the rest of the story, right, scientists throughout the rest of 
that era there discovered that, yeah, actually, man, the earth isn't the center of the universe, man. The sun is. Earth is just a planet that revolves around the sun. And many believe, right, that scientific thought is, man, one of the greatest discoveries, right, in science. It's made such an impact, man. It's changed the way we view the universe. Many of us, similarly, and we want to put God first, but the reality is we, we think, man, the world revolves around us. We're, we're, the, we're the center of the world. But what needs to happen is, man, that there needs to be a shift in the understanding that, hey, actually, no, 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 our world ought to not revolve around us, man. It ought to revolve. Y'all ready? It ought to revolve around not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N, the sun. Ought to revolve around the sun. Does your world revolve around him? Does it revolve around him? Listen, if it doesn't, can I encourage you? To make it do that. Because, hey, at the end of the day, he's better. Man, following him is better. Hey, this isn't just some gimmicky thing that we do each and every week. Jesus isn't just, you know, some myth or, or, or someone that we ascribe to whenever we need something. No, no, no. He, he, he's worth our whole life. He's, he's better. He's better. Some of you can attest to that reality in here. Man, you've tried other things outside of him. And none of that's compared to knowing him. I can speak to that myself. And so listen, hey, I, children of God in here. So easy to fall victim to, man, making your life the center of your world. man. Hey, choose to make Jesus the center. Choose to make him first place, man. Hey, your, your, your work is great, but man, it ought not be first place in your life, Jesus is. Your family's awesome, but it ought not be first place in your life. Jesus ought to be. And choose to make.